Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. It is so good to be with you. Um, if you've been listening over the last couple of days, you know that Josh has not been with us in the studio. Um, he is away. We are anxiously awaiting his return so that we can once again be led by him fearlessly as he does week after week. But I do have Jonathan and Phil with me in, in the studio, and so it's good to be with you gentlemen. How has life been for you? Good. Good. En- enjoying Advent. Mm-hmm. So that brings up a, a good question. Well, what is Advent? Um, what are we doing? Well, Advent, on a church calendar, we're talking about the four Sundays before Christmas. But Advent as a, a word, it simply means coming or appearing. And so we're looking at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in his birth, but also looking ahead because we're told that the uh, that he's coming again, and this is the promise that we have that um, this Jesus that was taken up into heaven is going to come again in the in that same manner in which he left. And so we're now we're looking for a, a return of Christ. So Advent has both a, a you know looking back and a looking forward aspect to it. I um I did not grow up in a in a home where. We did a whole lot with Christmas. Um, I think part of that was my mom had died when when us kids were pretty young, um, and it just wasn't in my dad's bandwidth. I don't think. And I, this isn't a therapy session, session, so don't worry about me. I'm fine. I'm I'm not bitter from my childhood. Um, the best that my dad did basically was that he um, would read the the Christmas story out of out of the Gospel of Luke. Um, on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning when we when we opened our presents. But as pathetic as this is, he would actually give us money um, and we would buy our own Christmas presents and wrap our own Christmas presents that we would then unwrap under under the tree. So... Um, well, yes. I'm glad he read scripture to you. Yeah, a, yeah. That's just wonderful, Russ. And yeah. I'm glad that it's been a perfect adjustment for you. <laughs> so... Maybe an overreaction. I didn't want my kids to grow up with that as their Christmas experience. So we actually pause every Chris, uh, every December and we go through Advent devotionals together mm-hmm. as a family. We want not just the night to be about um, the birth of Jesus Christ. We, we really are hopefully just using the entire Advent season to prepare our hearts and minds to understand why Jesus Christ came, what was so ex- significant about his person and work, um, and hopefully that that frames our celebration of even Christmas. In the, even in the secular world, we do this, you know, where we change the seasons. The uh, you know the merchandise comes out, the songs come out, all of that stuff is leading up to Christmas. But there is in as Christians, there's a real importance to focusing on this time 
where Christ comes into the world. And so we benefit from that every year. And it should be something on, at least in our minds, however we do it, we need to uh, focus in why Jesus came. And we, as um, the Gospel for Life, have been pausing to think about um, one particular Christmas carol or hymn called Hark the Herald Angels Sing, um, which is just so theologically rich um, and Yesterday, we, we made it through part of stanza three. So if, if you're only catching today's and you want to catch the first half of what we said about stanza three, just go um, to wherever you get your podcasts and, and type in The Gospel for Life, and you can subscribe to our podcast there, and you can go back and listen to that one and catch the first half of stanza three. But we did want to talk about some things in the second stanza, so but maybe it would be good to just pause and just have somebody read um, stanza three again so it's fresh in our listeners' mind. Well, uh, tell you what, I'm going to... I'm going to start in the middle of stanza three. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Now, uh, let me say a word about that mild he lays his glory by. Um, That's a a reference uh, to the incarnation uh, that Christ uh, who was eternally existent, uh, the second person of the Trinity from all eternity, uh, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Son lays aside his glory. The Philippians 2 talks about this. Uh, let me just read from Philippians uh, chapter 2, beginning with verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In other words, a thing to be clung to. But made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Um, That is the, the great mystery of the incarnation, that the eternal glorious Son of God, laid aside his glory, humbled himself in order to come among us in the flesh. And uh, this, the middle of stanza three of Hark the Herald Angels saying, mild he lays his glory by, uh, that brief little line is just packed with gospel truth. He, he lays aside his glory um, by adding to himself a human nature. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so even, even today, um, you know, Jesus, our man in heaven, is, is joined to that human nature. Um, he's still very God of very God. He's still, you know, he's been, uh, he's, he's risen um, and glorified uh, with the glory that he once had. But uh, he, he laid it aside. He took on. Uh, uh, on human flesh. There's uh, the last three lines of this stanza of Hark the Herald Angels. Uh, The last three lines all begin with the word born. So it's reminding us why Christ was born, the the mission that he came on. Um, he, He wasn't born so that we could have a holiday every December where we swap gifts. Uh, he wasn't born uh, so that we could ooh and ah at, 
the baby in the manger, uh, even though we marvel at the miracle of the baby in the manger, the incarnation. But born that man no more may die. There's a paradox in his birth that he was born so that we could be delivered from death. Uh, born that man no more might, may die, born to raise the sons of earth. He was, he was born to raise us up, to uh, deliver us from captivity to death mm-hmm. and, and to sin, to, to raise us up to God. And finally, born to give them second birth. And this, frankly, is my favorite line in the entire carol. Uh, born to give them second birth. Christ's birth is so that we can experience new birth, the second birth, so that we can have, he, he took on human life so that we can have eternal life. And I'm going to just, it's going to seem like a, a, a bunny trail, but just stay with me. Um, there are a couple books that talk about, um, why Jesus Christ came to, to, to live that we've used as Advent um, devotionals. One is um, a book by um, Dr. Beakey and, and Pastor Bokestein called Why Jesus Came. And it just goes through, these are the reasons why Jesus came and was born and eventually died. Um, John Piper's is titled differently, but it really is, is ar- uh, making the arguments for the same thing. Um, it's either called The Passion of Christ or fifty reasons why Jesus came to die. Um, it, yeah, he he. You know, Piper uh, looks at it back from the cross, whereas uh, Beaky and William Bokenstein uh, look at it from the birth in the manger. But both of them are talking about why Christ came into the world. And that's what these last three lines, at least partially, what they do in fifty chapters or thirty chapters. Um, yeah, three lines. Wesley well, is giving three lines, but it's important to know that Jesus just wasn't born as a baby just because. It yeah. was with a purpose. There was an intent. There was something that he was accomplishing um, by his birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Uh, born that man no more may die. We're, when we think about that, we think about what happened in the garden when Adam sinned. And uh, you know, we're, we're told that... Uh, you, that in the day that he was going to eat that fruit, he would surely die. Um, death was going to come to all men as a result of Adam's sin. So, you know, we, you know, it's appointed unto man once to die. We kind of know that language. We understand that, um, you know, we're not going to, you know, in this earthly life, we don't live forever. But uh, the idea was that here that um, Wesley is pointing out is, no, uh, we are not going to suffer that second death. We are not going to suffer that death that uh, um, you know separates us from God and only uh, experience the wrath of God. Now we've been given eternal life through His Son. Uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. Um, and, and, and this is eternal life that you know Him and, and Him who was sent. And he does something really poetic here. Born that man no more may die. We all are going to die. That's part of the curse mm-hmm. that was in Genesis 3. Um, we were formed from the dust and to the dust that we will return. Mm-hmm. But it says born to raise the sons of earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's saying you're going to die. 
you're going to go back into the dust and from which you came. That's true because of the curse. However, that's not the final word. Mm-hmm. Well, because he's Christ going to raise. Fir- he, he was the first fruits. Yes. He rose from the dead as a first fruits of those that would also raise. And so this is an incredible um, poetic scriptural imagery that Wesley is is fashioning here that sometimes is often missed when we just sing it, that we, we don't realize that he's reaching all the way back to Genesis 3 and saying, you're going to die. You're going to return to the dust. But as a son of the earth, that's not your final destiny. Well, I, yeah. I, in all this, we, as we're talking about this carol, we want we're not trying to exposit the carol so much as we're trying to use this carol to point us back to scripture, mm-hmm, which sure. is what uh, Wesley did. He used the scripture to put it into um, song, and you know, so uh, you Martin Luther would say, "Next to the word of God, music deserves the highest praise." There's a, a certain praiseworthiness of this music that's coming out that makes phrases memorable in our minds so that we can actually carry Scripture with us, and this, this summary. Yeah, and this second part of the uh, stanza three is is alluding to the cross without without specifically mentioning the cross. But when it, when it says, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth, he was born to go to the cross. Uh, Luther said uh, that cradle and cross are of the same wood, mm-hmm. that uh, the, his birth in a manger prefigures the cross. So the last three lines here are telling us that if we are born once, we will die twice. Mm-hmm. And if we're born twice, we'll die once. Mm-hmm. And so it's just reminding us of the importance of faith in Jesus Christ that we have to believe in the Christ that came, lived, died, and rose again um, in order to experience um, the life that he desires to give. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.